It's an interesting fact that as a young lawyer, you're almost certainly going to end up writing articles. But despite that, the effort that lawyers put into getting those articles actually read is dismally low. This is Chris Hargraves, and this is the Tips for Lawyers podcast, episode 26. You can find the references in show notes if there are any links or anything I mentioned today at tipsforlawyers.com slash podcasts slash 26. Now, today we're going to have a talk about wrapping, and uh, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's not the wrapping in the sense that you definitely don't want me to do. Uh, it's wrapping in the same way you might think about a present. You might think about presentation, you might think about getting something read, and I think it's a highly undervalued quality when it comes to producing content. See, as lawyers and law firms, the way we generally try and market ourselves, at least as a threshold level, is that we publish a lot of articles. And that's the case, generally speaking, whether you work in a small firm, a medium-sized firm, and a large firm, and a great deal of effort goes into writing articles, uh, to trying to keep up to date with the law, to trying to inform our clients, prospects, and various email lists that uh, we exist, and that we might be experts in a particular area. But for all the effort that goes into that, Uh, For some reason, we just seem to lose focus at the end, and we don't go about making them presentable, clickable, and attractive to an audience that more and more is getting bombarded with content. I mean, let's take one of the areas I practice in, which is insolvency and bankruptcy. Um, It's clearly the case that every insolvency and bankruptcy uh, accountant that's on a list of our firms is almost certainly on a list of about 10 or 20 or 30 other firms as well. And so they get article after article. If they're linked with people on LinkedIn or liked various company pages on Facebook or following certain companies on Twitter, the chances are that they get article after article there as well. And so when I scroll through LinkedIn and Facebook and I see articles from law firms and lawyers that haven't put that last gloss onto their articles, I always ask myself, are they actually getting read by anyone? Is anyone stopping to click? And the easiest thing you can do here to try and determine that for yourself is have a look around when you're on the bus or something on the way home, have a look around you and watch what people are doing with their Facebook feeds on their phones. And they are scrolling like anything. So today, I wanted to have a bit of a talk about how you, as the author, can start to exert a little bit more control over what actually goes out in your articles. It might involve a few discussions with your marketing team if there is one, or it might involve a little bit more effort. And I'm not talking about a huge amount of effort, I'm talking about a little bit of effort. Sometimes you can spend more if you want to really put the final touches on it. But it's not a complicated process to take something from invisible to at the very least having a chance of getting clicked in a world that is quite happily able to scroll past. And I'll, you know, I'll share some some statistics with you. Uh, If you look at Facebook as an example, now Facebook has an algorithm, as I'm sure you know, that actually changes what you see depending on how popular it has been, how many people have clicked on it, how many people have liked it, commented it, shared it, which is why I keep encouraging people to share Uh, my posts on Facebook or LinkedIn, it does affect what Facebook shows to other people when they know that some people like it. That's part of its algorithm. And 
even with that in the case, I might have an article, say it's uh, an article recently might have been shown to, this is not clicked on, but through Facebook feed, it might have been shown to, say, 2,000 people. Of that, there might be about 200 people who actually click on the article. And this is when everything is done right. Now, it might be that of those 2,000 people, half of them simply aren't interested in the topic. It might be uh, that they're too busy, they didn't notice it or whatever, but that's kind of what you're looking at. Now, take that to its natural conclusion. That's with 2,000 people seeing the article in their Facebook feed. This is people who are relevant to my Facebook page, that is, who have liked it. Now, if that number goes down, that's with a few likes, a few shares, a few clicks, that number goes down to say 200, how many people are actually going to click on that article? You're probably looking at 20, maybe 10. So if you don't think that putting your article presentable so that people click on it makes a difference, then you're flat out wrong. And it's something that the lawyers do notoriously wrong. So let's get into it. The first thing I wanted to have a talk about is why presentation matters. And and a good analogy is in fact with wine. Now, I don't know if you drink wine, Uh, I do from time to time, but there have been a number of studies about wine, and one of them in particular showed that people served wine in a nice glass, like a Rydal glass or something like that, actually believe the wine tastes better than people who are served exactly the same wine in a less nice glass which I think is very interesting. And similar studies have been done when it comes to presentation. When the sommelier comes out and he, uh, with a flourish, decorks the wine and pours it uh, with a certain amount of flamboyance and mystique into your nice glass, people find that a better tasting wine than when there is no ceremony, no gloss, and no nice glass. And I certainly think that's relevant. And I certainly think it's interesting. It does change the impression people have of the quality of the wine that they are consuming. Now, let's take that to its natural conclusion. There is no difference in the substance. So if you look at your article, you can have the exact same article presented in one way, and it's not going to get clicked on, it's not going to get read, and it's probably going to be less well enjoyed. But if you present it well, using the techniques I'm going to talk about, and there's only really three major factors I'm going to cover today, And they're not that difficult to implement for you as the author or for your marketing team if you have the right conversations. But if you present it well, it's more likely to get clicked on. And if it is clicked on, it's more likely to get enjoyed because you've set it up right. You've put the right wrapping on it. You've put the right experience around it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's have a look at the first thing to bear in mind. And this is the image associated with your article. So if you've spent, usually for a well-researched article, or at the very least a minimally researched article on a case note or something like that, chances are you've probably spent two to three hours getting from the start when you initially had to start reading the case to the finish when you actually have a polished, produced, finalized article that's of a sufficient quality for your firm to send out. That means between you and your partner and your marketing team, you've probably spent upwards of $750, sometimes in excess of $1,000, just getting to the point where your article is in fact capable of being sent out. 
Think about that cost for a moment if nobody reads that article, or if the only thing that article does is remind people that your firm exists, there's probably better ways to do that. So why won't you spend a couple of minutes actually talking about the image that's going to go with your article? Increasingly, across all forms of social media, and that's where firms are sharing these things these days, images are playing a more and more important role in what arrests people's attention. And I see article after article produced by law firm that do two major things wrong when it comes to images. The first is they have no image, which is just pathetic, except for anything but the shortest text-based update. And this shouldn't be a link. This should simply be a sentence or two or a question or something like that. And I do do imageless things when I'm not linking to a particular article or I don't need to arrest people's attention quite in the same way. But... If you're linking to an article and you want to get people's attention, you need to have an image. But the second thing you need to do, and this is this just baffles me, the image in so many law firms' updates on social media is a picture of the author. And frankly, I'm just constantly amazed that they manage to do that. It, it's so fundamentally lazy that I can't really get over it, to be perfectly honest. Not only have they not chosen an image, they have in fact just allowed it to go through with an image of the author. Now, unless that author is a famous person who is going to get recognized, you know, if it's Tony Robbins, then fine, use that. If it's Barack Obama who's written a guest post, then fine, do that. If the person is even relevant to the content of the article, then fine, you might want to use them. But... That's ordinarily not the case. The reason the author comes up is because that's the only picture on the page on the website. And so social media goes, hey, there's got to be a picture of some sort we can choose from. We'll choose this one because it's the first one that comes up. That's how LinkedIn and Facebook actually work. They will automatically pick an image. And if no one puts any effort into changing it, that's what will come up. Because everyone puts their author profiles at the end of the article. You end up with an author image and it looks ridiculous. It's irrelevant. It's unengaging, and I couldn't care less, usually, what the author looks like. So, have an image, make it relevant to the article. This comes also in connection with the next topic, which is going to be about headlines, but pick an image that is relevant to the article. Don't pick a logo. The days of your logo having any real meaning for anybody are done. I'm sorry if... You have invested $20,000 in picking the right color green for your logo, but they are done. Nobody cares about your logo. Your logo will not get anyone's attention in a newsfeed that has a thousand other articles to use from. You are competing with BuzzFeed. You are competing with Star Wars updates. You are competing with Lego videos. If you want to get noticed, your brand and your logo are not going to get anyone's attention. It has to be relevant. So don't make it the author, don't make it a logo, don't make it a generic thing, make it something that is arresting and relevant to the article in question. And that leads into the next tip for images, which is this. Use an image, if you can, that provokes an emotion. You want to catch people's attention. I'm not saying use something inappropriate. I'm saying try and use something that will capture people's attention and emotional response is the best way to capture people's attention. If you can find an appropriate image, it can only, it might only take five or ten minutes. Find an image that will allow you to actually be able to capture people's attention 
and you will find your read rates go far higher because people will see it. They won't see an imageless update. They won't see your logo. It glazes over their eyes. They won't see your photo because they don't care what you look like unless you're famous. So do it right. Take a few minutes, get an image. What I'm going to do, uh, because I know a lot of lawyers don't want to invest the time in this, speak to your marketing team. But if you don't have a marketing team and you do want to do this property, I'll put a couple of links in the show notes. Uh, so again, tipsforlawyers.com slash podcast slash 26. I'll put a couple of links there to some places where you can look at getting cheap or free images. Uh, Google Images is not a great place to start. I know lots of people use it. Um, and look, it's relatively low risk, uh, but there is a vague chance you're going to infringe someone's copyright and get sued. And generally, that's a bad look if you're a lawyer. So uh, try not to do that. But I'll put a couple of links to some places that are that are very good. You could be looking at images for as little as, as a dollar. Um, or if your firm is big enough, chances are you've already got a subscription to a stock photo uh, bank and you don't even need to go that far. So do speak to your marketing team before you spend any money or get a free image or just put some effort into finding something appropriate. So that's images. The next one I wanted to talk about is the headline. So um, here's a headline that makes me want to cry. Uh, Franchising update, April 2015. How's that? That catches your attention, right? I'm sure absolutely you would click on that, wouldn't you? No, no, I wouldn't click on it, nor would you. Nobody wants to click on it. You know why? Because they have no earthly idea what it's about. It's the most ridiculous headline ever because you can't tell what the article is about. It's not actually a headline at all. Nobody's going to click on something if they don't know what's at the other end of the link. The only exception to that is if people are such fans of your brand and such fans of your writer that they will click on everything that person writes. But I'm going to bet that you don't have a huge list of people who fall into that category. Uh, because by and large, lawyers don't have a huge list of people who fall into that category. You might have a few, um, but if you're looking to capture attention and get things shared and get things read, then that kind of headline is not going to make it. The other one is uh, the name of the publication has a tendency to make its way out there. So I know some firms have put some effort into actually naming their publications in a particular way that aligns with their brand, and that's going to get you a certain way towards something meaningful, but it still suffers fundamentally uh, from the same issues uh, that the other one does, which is it doesn't tell people what it's about. Again, it's going back to those bad old days where your brand actually had some kind of meaning, as if the label you've attached to your particular publication has some kind of meaning. Uh, Just as an aside, if you can hear that tapping in the background, if I don't manage to eliminate it, it's because underneath my feet is a construction site. Uh, I'm going to press on rather than continuing to pause it, uh, but uh, sorry about that. If it gets on your nerves, then um, feel free to complain to the people who are building out a fit out underneath my feet. So um, so that's headline. So look, you need to let go of, of that concept. Put some effort into putting a headline in that has some meaning. Um, I do have some tips though. So generally that's just honestly an issue of laziness. It, it really is. It's something that's been automatically shared and no one has taken two minutes to put a meaningful headline to actually tell people what there is for them in the article. But here are my four tips uh, for 
a headline and frankly I could do an entire podcast or an entire article just on headlines and certainly there's whole books on arresting headlines so this is very very 101 level stuff but from what I see that's what law firms need they're just being too lazy they're putting no effort into it at all and if you put some effort in that'll put you better than 95% of what's out there at the moment so the tip number one and it's this is the biggest one by far is that your headline needs to tell me why I care about your article It should be about me, not you. I don't care about you. I'm in it for me. (laughs) And that's one of those 101 issues. I'm in it for me. So franchising update, insolvency news and stuff like that, they don't tell me anything. I'm not going to click on them unless my mouse slips, unless they come from a source that I particularly love reading, like I said before. The next tip, and this is for people who have a tendency to go way to the other extreme, and I've fallen into this trap myself, which is um, avoid headlines that are too clever. Again, it's in fact for the same reason, but if you're using hyperbole or uh, some sort of clever cliched phrase, you run the risk that people still, uh, that they just won't get it. And so they still run afoul of this issue that they don't understand what the article's about. The headline doesn't tell them what's in it for them. So uh, if you're going to be too clever, you do run that risk. And that to an extent depends upon your audience. Uh, You might have some jargon that you could use, but if you're looking to have an attractive headline for a fair range of audience, then you need to be a bit cautious about headlines that are too clever. The next thing I wanted to point out, and this harks back to what I said about images, is uh, your headline and your image should actually make sense together. So if you have a headline, uh, try and do one that while you're thinking of it, you can think of an image that goes with it. And that'll really help uh, create that consistency between the image that you're using and the headline that you're using. And again, will help allow people to understand more if they're visual people about what your article is actually going to be about. Um, And the last one is a pretty simple one, but don't have headlines that are too long. Uh, You run the risk that they're going to get truncated and some of the meaning lost as part of that exercise. So the third element of wrapping We've dealt with images, we've dealt with headlines. The third element is the introduction, and this can take a couple of formats, but in a sense, what I'm talking about is the pricey, the synopsis, the snapshot that there is when you share the article. Now, depending on what element of social media you're talking about, this might appear in different places, but by and large, what I see is people actually don't put any effort into it at all. Uh, Now, if you're not running your own website, and I know most people aren't, then you might not be aware of where this comes from, but I'm sure if you speak to the people who run your website, they'll be able to fill you in. Most article platforms have the ability to do an extract of some sort, and often the data is pulled from there. Uh, Some places allow you to actually manually put a synopsis for the purposes of appearing with your link, and that is by far the best way to do it. And that you can actually modify that in some platforms depending on where you're sharing it. So you might have a purpose-built one that's going to resonate with your Facebook audience compared to your LinkedIn audience. Uh, You might share it slightly differently on Twitter, bearing in mind that you're restricted to your characters uh, in Twitter. And you might have a different one again for Google+. Same goes for images. You can, in fact, change the images should you choose to between those different platforms. Uh, But... The short version here is that you should change it because if you don't, what it's going to do is it's going to take automatically the initial couple of sentences out of your article. Now, you may have drafted those in such a way that they are designed to be arresting and engaging uh, to an audience, but I suspect that you can find a better way to summarize it because there are certainly some ways that will align with your headline and your image 
where you're going to use your intro in a more effective way. And here's three different options for you just to think about as ways that you might try to do that. The first is ask a question. And I've got an example, which is, do you know how the superannuation changes could be saving you thousands each year? Now, that question is designed to get people thinking, is there something I'm missing? It's also got it implicit as to what's actually in it for them. The next thing you might want to consider is to make some sort of compelling assertion that makes me want to find out more about the article. And one example is this. Mediation settles more than 99.999% of litigious cases, provided it's done right. Now, the other thing you might do here, for example, is to uh, say something controversial. Not too controversial. We're lawyers as a rule. We stay away from controversy unless we're causing it on purpose. Um, but uh, you, you can perhaps assert something controversial uh, if that's the tenor of your article as well. Don't put something here that's clickbait. Uh, I know... It's tempting to, to go the, you know, a la BuzzFeed kind of approach to life and um, put in something that's just designed to get people to click. Don't do that. It needs to align with your headline and what your article's actually about rather than just being designed to get people to click. That said, uh, you can do it in such a way that it achieves both goals. And look, the last thing to bear in mind here is for your intro, say something that's going to tell me how that article will change my life or my business for the better. One example is this, decorating your office in such and such a way could increase your productivity by 1,542%. Now, obviously that's a ridiculous example um, and a made up statistic and I wouldn't know how to decorate my office if my life depended on it, but you see what I'm getting at, it shows me what's in it for me. If I read that article, I might be able to increase my productivity by 1,542% and who wouldn't want to do that? by the right plant selection or whatever it is my article's about. So look, those are the three things and hopefully some useful tips for you to consider when it comes to your next article. They don't take long. You need to just put a little bit of effort. You need to have a conversation with your marketing team or whoever's responsible for sharing these things. And you need to actually just put those few minutes of effort in and it will make a dramatic difference, dramatic difference to who is reading your article in the first place, whether your article gets shared and whether your article is engaging at all. Now, bear in mind, I haven't even spoken about the content of the article. That's something for another day. And I have, in fact, written about that on the site before. I'll link a couple of things up uh, in the show notes uh, at tipsforlawyers.com slash podcast slash 26. And you can have a look there at a couple of those articles about the content itself. But this is about the wrapping. If you don't wrap it right, you won't create the experience. You won't engage the person. You won't provoke the emotional response. And your article won't get clicked on. If you want something terrifying, ask your marketing team or your web provider or whoever it is that you've got to ask, or look it up yourself if you're in charge, ask how many of your social media shared articles get clicked on. And if you keep this tracking, and you should be, but I know most people won't be, um, but you can in fact find out how many people read to the end of your article. Those two statistics will terrify you. Um, because when you add up how much you're actually spending as a firm or as your as a young lawyer, how much you're spending in terms of your budget, you will be truly disappointed. And anything you can do, if you're going to spend another 10 minutes beyond the couple of hours you've already spent trying to tick off on these things properly to make sure that it maximizes the chance of the article getting read 
being considered valuable and being shared, then frankly, it's a no-brainer. You should do it. It's not even really up for debate. It's just that most people don't either because they don't know how, they don't turn their mind to it, or they're too lazy. And if you're going to go to the trouble of writing an article and spending a fortune on it, being lazy is not an option. Do it right and you will stand out. Have a look in your own LinkedIn newsfeed. You will see firm after firm after firm and lawyer after lawyer after lawyer with unappealing titles, non-considered introductions and either no image or rubbish images. And then think to yourself, how much more would I stand out if I started using some of this information? That's it for today. This is Chris Hargraves from Tips for Lawyers and I'll see you next time.